Hey, episode 73 of the Nashville Artist Podcast is now out, featuring Connor Sullivan. Connor is a guitarist, experimental noise artist, and avid Criterion Collection lover. With a background rooted in the sounds of 90s country and 80s metal, Connor takes us on a journey through his musical evolution. Connor reminisces about his early days in high school, playing with his first band called Jaws, and honing his skills performing in venues all around Nashville. He talks about his personal struggles with imposter syndrome and overcoming self-criticism, offering valuable insights for aspiring artists. Connor is a multifaceted musician actively involved in four different bands, Argus, Blacken, Snooper, and Nineveh. He shares captivating stories from touring the UK with Snooper and emphasizes the significance of having a dedicated tour manager. Discover his favorite venue, The End, and get insider recommendations for dining at Mitchell's Deli and Lucky Bamboo. Connor's advice for fellow artists emphasizes the importance of networking, self-promotion, and genuine kindness. You can support him as an artist by following him on social media, sharing his music, and purchasing his work on Bandcamp. You can even snag one of his screen-printed t-shirts. Influences from notable authors like Henry Miller, Cormac McCarthy, J.D. Salinger, and Eugene Robinson. Musical influences include Nirvana, Neil Young, Grateful Dead, John Coltrane, Aphex Twin, Merz Bow, and Frank Ocean. Enjoy the podcast episode. Working um, from home, I um, yeah, I've just been working and then kind of just like um, dropping a new release tomorrow. So trying to just kind of like prep for that, and then just realize it's Bandcamp Friday as well. So I'm trying to like lean into that as much as I can. Wow, you know what? Um, you work from home. What do you do working from home? Um, so I work for a nonprofit called the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. Um, I work from home two days a week, and then I'm in office three days a week. Um, I am essentially just someone who basically the department of health, the Tennessee department of health gives out, um, grants to childcare, um, providers all throughout the state, but they have to apply for it. And so they apply for it. I look at the application, make sure that like, they're trying to buy like legit stuff. You know, it's actually going to benefit the children and the program. And then they get that money. They spend it and then they have to like turn in receipts. So I'm the person who looks at the front end and then I also look at the receipts afterwards to make sure that they actually bought what they were going to buy or so they were going to buy. Nice. So yeah, it's pretty chill. It's pretty chill. Nice. It's yeah. nice to get to work at home. Yeah. I love two it. days a week. I wish I could do it every day. It would be yeah. so sick. It's way more productive. Are you able to do more work and do more of what you want to be doing? Oh, and while you're a thousand percent. Yeah. It makes it where I'm able to like at home, like kind of, 
pump the brakes a little bit and do some like my own, like I'll do some music stuff or read and then I'll knock out a bunch of work and then go back to it and just kind of, but then, and then in the office, you know, really just hit it hard, you know? Okay, cool. We'll get started. Here. Yeah, let's do it, man. Hey everyone. Welcome to the Nashville artist. I'm Jordan and today Connor Sullivan is here. Thank you for coming over and doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very Sullivan. excited. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it for a while. Heck yeah. So where are you from? I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, technically Hermitage um, out east, um, but you know, Nashville is one of those places. It's got all these little sub neighborhoods. So technically Nashville. Nice. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have a younger sister named Carly. Um, she is 21, I believe. Um, I always get it mixed up, 21 or 22. But yeah, she's great. Love her to death. Awesome. Does she also do music and art? She does not. Um, she is currently in, um, oh, she's in beauty school to be an aesthetician, um, you know, work on people's eyebrows and stuff like that. Yeah. She's crushing it so That's far. That's artistic. Yeah, yeah, totally, right? She's people art, you know? People yeah. art. Your face is my palette. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I think, my... she, I think she is doing that. She is a huge music lover, though. Oh, yeah? She's definitely a music connoisseur. Yeah. Has she been to a lot of snooper shows? She has not actually been to a snooper show yet. Oh, really? I, we have only played uh, two, maybe just one, actually, in Nashville since I joined, and she was not um, able to make it. So hopefully very soon. Did she go to school here in Nashville? Yeah, she went to um, she went to McGavick High School, and then she's currently enrolled at the uh, Paul Mitchell Beauty School. Oh, that's um, cool. Which I believe is somewhere, somewhere in this great city, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. What about your parents? Are they into art or music? Um, they are kind of the same thing as my sister. They're really into music and they like going to concerts and they love like 80s, like hair metal and my mom loves country. Um, grew up on a lot of like 90s country and 80s metal, um, which is sick, but they, they don't play or anything like that. They are certainly fans. Yeah. Have yeah. they been to a Snooper show? They have, yeah. They, and they that was really cool because it's that was the first time in years that they had come out to one of my shows. And it was, it was really cool to just see them in that environment, you know? Just right. Like, you know, their other world. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like the colliding of other energy. Yeah, exactly, man. Just absolutely yeah. colliding. I love it. I love it so much. And they were really stoked on it. So That's amazing. So what, what were you like as a little kid? Hmm. Or what were you into <clears throat> as a little kid? When I was a kid, I was re I, I have a really, really vivid memory of being very into music. Um, I, it took me a while to realize that I wanted to play music, but I loved um, like just listening to whatever was playing. I didn't really have any like defined tastes or anything like that. Um, I really loved to read. Um, Apparently, I was like always talking and always making up stories and always just going, 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 um, which as I personally think has faded some as I've gotten older. And it's probably for the best. Um, but yeah, I think I was really just like energetic and uh, running around, um, you know, trying out some different sports. None of them ever stuck. I'm just not the most athletic guy out there. Um, but, you know, music eventually stuck. So, What um, books would you like to read um, so my absolute all-time favorite whenever I was a kid and like still to this day is one of my favorite is Where the Wild Things Are. That was a oh, yeah. really special one to me. My grandmother bought it for me on a whim just because of how much I liked the cover and did not think I was going to like really love it. And then it was, that was the staple, you know, it's like we read it once and we were both like just hooked instantly. So it's really, it's really special. 
That's great book. That and the Giving Tree. Love the Giving Tree. Yeah. yeah. Also, really like the. Did you ever read any of the the Arthur books? Oh yeah. Yeah. Arthur. Yeah. Really like. I mean, I watched too. Arthur. Oh, totally. Yeah. We huge Arthur guy over here. <laughs> D.W. <laughs> <laughs> and Buster, the whole gang. Buster, yeah, dude. <laughs> That was like on if you caught like Saturday morning cartoons. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Every afternoon on PBS too. Your PBS. Yeah, with like Zabumafu. You ever watch Zabumafu? I think so. Maybe it was like the Pratt. Uh, I think the Pratt brothers. And it's like two guys, and then they just like have this lemur, and <laughs> they just talk about like jungle and like, like, like African plains, like wildlife and things like that. It's so sick. It's so cool. I remember zoo books. Oh, I do. Man, I never had zoo books. That was, that was something we always saw the commercial, and I was like, I really want that. I really <laughs> want that. They were always, it was just like, it's not in the budget, sorry, but they always looked really sick. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have AR as a kid in your accelerated yeah. reading? Oh. Um, where you had to like read the little books to pass quizzes? I think I, I remember doing reading tests where it was like you sat down with your teacher usually like away from everyone else in the class uh, i wasn't on a computer no no and they would like make you read and then they would ask you questions about what you just uh, read and it was to test like reading comprehension skills and yeah. things like that um yeah that, i don't think we i guess we didn't have ar hmm. i read a yeah because of ar i would read a lot of magic treehouse books oh yeah those are sick too i hadn't thought about this in a long time so when you're younger what what excited you about music or what first got you into music and art? Um, I actually, I think the, the first thing that I remember loving when I was like five or six, um, my dad had a, my dad loves kiss and we would just listen to kiss all the time. And I, I still love kiss. They're so sick. And I think it's so funny because they like have such bad records but then the ones that hit hit so hard um, so i loved kiss and then kind of just like getting into like a lot of he had my dad had this like leather bound um cd case where it was just like it has the little slits you take them out of the case and you put them in there you know right. and i would just flip through there and just like take out whatever sounded interesting so i would just listen to like a lot it's crazy he would have like a lot of like metallica but it was all it was like 90s metallica it was like the post cliff burton stuff and then the um, like a lot of Van Halen and a lot of uh, like Def Leppard, just all the big like hair bands, you know. So that was really like the first jumping off point, um, and it just seemed really cool to like just play, like you know, honestly, just like wanting to like be like playing guitar. It just seemed so sick. Um, but really, what truly did it for me was um, just like discovering Nirvana, basically. That's like my all time fave and just like immediately was like, now this I like, I want to, I want to be Kurt Cobain basically. Um, and it's certainly like subsided a lot. Like, I feel like I try, I don't wear that influence on my sleeve as much as I used to, but I definitely still like, that's my guy. That's my guy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you learn a lot of those songs for him? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, play, I like pretty much would learn, uh, with my buddy Ash, um, we would just like geek out over them in middle school and we would pretty much come home and like at least one day of the week, every week we would watch something Nirvana related, like the unplugged set or the, um, 
I think maybe the Paramount Halloween show that they did. Um, and he had tablature books for like all their records. So we would just kind of like really hone in on like one um, for, for the for the evening or something like that. And just while I'm waiting for my mom to pick me up, we're just like jamming on it and just pretending that we are Nirvana, basically. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think of his guitar work? As a guitarist. Oh, Kurtz? Yeah. Yeah, I think he, like, I mean, it's like, I personally think it was, it's weird. It's like back then I feel like it was, I, I used to think it was like, man, nobody else was doing this. But then the older I get, I also am like really inspired and drawn to Neil Young. And Kurt basically like lifted everything he did, this like sort of loud, quiet, loud, quiet dynamic from like Neil Young's uh, like grunge records. Um, he found a record called Rust Never Sleeps that was like the, some people call it the first grunge record. And I think that like inspired Kurt a lot. So I feel like um, it's really cool because Kurt is like really technically proficient, but I feel like he just like, it was all like, it was just like oozing with passion the way that he played. And like, it was no matter how messy it came across, it still was like just inherently good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I like, people are like, yeah, he played weird, but he played well what do you like sounded good i don't know yeah it's like he's not conventionally good but he also like wrote in his journals a lot about just like practicing guitar for like six hours a day and it's like you can't you can't be if you're doing that every day for years it's right like, at least you're you, good you're, at what you do exactly exactly and his thing exactly and he like lit i mean he literally made like what i would think of is like a i mean he set like a, a benchmark for like that alternative rock scene you know dude it is insane <clears throat> how big nirvana is truly like, i looked at them on i hadn't listened to them in a while i looked at them on spotify and i was like 27 million mm -hmm. or something I'm yeah like, oh my god well and they're like i a, realize how like pop right like right and only having three records too with three studio records and then like you know a couple like live ones and then like a b-sides and then a an unplugged and it's just like that was enough to just make such a big impact and still still to this day yeah i mean we're, we're just hitting 30 years um like almost to the date of their last record coming out so it's just like still 30 years that's, that's crazy yeah you know and they don't even play that music anymore no Chris uh, yeah. is a lawyer, um, you know, and then Dave is doing dad rock. <laughs> right, Foo Fighters. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you, I'm guessing, like, guitar was your first instrument? Yes. It's your main instrument? Yeah, and it's funny, I, yeah, it, it was my main instrument, and I, um, for a while, my, my sole instrument, too. Yeah. And so you would say, like, early influences were, like, Ace Freely and, like, um, guitarists from like Van Halen. Like. I would say, I, I think I have to say, because if my dad listens to this and I don't say Van, Eddie Van Halen, he's probably going to like uh, lose his mind. So I'm going to say Eddie Van Halen for sure, because that is probably like the first guitar solos. Yeah. I love Ace Freely. Um, Kurt Cobain for sure. And um, I think uh, King Buzz from uh, from Melvin's too is another big one, just because it's like that's just riffs all the time, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I think those would probably be some of like the earliest ones. Nice. So, did you play like in school or did you uh, have bands? So I took lessons from a cousin, and then I had a really hard time 
<clears throat> like really committing to lessons and staying um, staying with it basically. Um, so I kind of fell out and then I kind of just started teaching myself instead and learning whatever I wanted to. And then it, I didn't actually like go to school for it until high school. Um, when I went to Nashville School of the Arts for guitar. Oh. Um, so that's the most like formal training that I really have. And like, even that is, um, kind of not much, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, yeah. So, nice. So like in, in high school, you were like in guitar classes. Yes. Or did yes. you have bands and stuff in high school? Um, there was like a jazz ensemble and I think a pop ensemble too, but I wasn't in those. Or outside um, of school. Oh yes. Yes. Um, so in high school, um, the main one was, uh, Jaws. Um, with two W's, um, that was me and um, two brothers, Eli and Hunter, uh, Jacob Cornfloss yeah. um, with to go, and then um, Ash Wilson. Um, and that was like the first like band experience that I ever really had, um, and it was like just man, I don't know. I love I, lo I look back so fondly on that time. I'm a very nostalgic person, and I really we just got to do so much cool shit when we were so young. It was really cool. Um, we, like. Hmm. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> I was just gonna say, what, what was the genre? Um, it was like, it was mostly just punk, but it was kind of funny because we would also have songs that sounded like Fu Manchu, um, and then we would have a song that sounded like Dinosaur Junior, and then we would play the entire back half of the set would just be like Bad Brains, Black Flag Worship. Um, so that that was it was it was like the I think they would all agree with me in that it was very much a high school band in the sense that it was like <clears throat> yeah angst and like and also just like every single thing that we fucked with was just like okay let, we got to do something like this you know we got to do and we were just really like kind of it was like genre ha hopping but it was within certain bounds so it was it was just really something that we were all able to like i think hone in our taste a little bit more and know what we wanted to do and produce as a as musicians you know so it was really it was really um uh uh it was like it was like character building for being musicians right. you know? it was cool yeah that's cool yeah did y'all play a lot of shows like around town yeah we played we played the shit out of nashville man we, we played so much um we would play and then and then we um we got to do um <clears throat> we did a compilation seven inch and then a four song ep on infinity cat so we got to do some shows with like jeff the brotherhood and diarrhea planet um music band daddy issues those were like the four main like we all loved them and we we played some out of town shows with them as well but yeah definitely played in the city a lot how long was it, how long were you all together so it was it started as um a thing with eli and hunter like it's just the two of them being brothers i think the the lifespan of our of the like core five lineup was like late 20 uh late 2013 through early 2016 and then it kind of fizzled out after that 2013 to 2016 mm -hmm. what about after that did you play in a couple other bands or so after i was not in jaws anymore i did a um very very short-lived project called Solosia, which was like a just like straight like kind of like beat down hardcore sort of um with some friends and we did like one ep that we recorded at the vocalist um tucker's 
parents like barn in the backyard and that was really fun it was me um tucker um this um guy josh landreth and gabe manuel they're in this band from nashville called chamber mm. um so shouts out chamber if you're listening um and then cole green was the other guitar player and he is um my like creative life partner um so yeah we did that and then um also that's right around the time that i started leaning into argus um just my solo stuff and which is which is way less band oriented for sure oh nice <clears throat> you're able to like make all that on your own yeah yeah like that was just like me being like okay i'm gonna do something that's just me and that way i'm held to no standards but my own you know i can just basically do whatever i want um and there's no form freedom to freedom yeah love it love the freedom <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah. argus what would you what kind of music would you say that is or has become or it's all i think the easiest way to put it is always going to be noise because i think at the end of the day like from an outside perspective maybe it's always going to it's always going to be noise um noise as in like like uh lightning bolt or to totally yeah totally fucking love lightning bolt. scribbling all over the drums and everything love that yeah yeah, yeah. and let and it's like but it, honestly more so even like in the vein of like um like Mersbau or um like masana or um i, I would say Mersbau is like that's like my king that's like my harsh noise just like main inspiration and i'm like i mean he's like the master at it um but I think as I've gone on with it, I started getting into more like beats and like more rhythmic things. Um, so I took a lot of inspiration from like Aphex Twin and um, oh, yeah. yeah, and just like the, the glitchy shit that is just like what is going on at all times. Um, but it's funny. It's like I am less interested in carving out the I feel like with Aphex Twin, he's really able to like carve out this like really um melodic sound from like this chaos and i'm just like not interested in doing that i'm like i just want to i just want to keep it really rhythmic. fucking raw and just like yeah if there's any kind of form to it at all i just want it to be rhythm and like i'm not really into the idea of like creating like melodies or anything like that um yeah yeah i just like to say, i just like to plug all my shit in and just see what happens you know it's the beauty of like fucking around with like five oscillators at once you just they're just doing their own thing you know uh, <laughs> yeah. oscillate yeah it's cool yeah just oscillate for me. yeah exactly <laughs> i have to do nothing it's great that's amazing <laughs> yeah I, I love apex twin i listen to a lot of ambient music yeah and just sit in ambient music for totally hours yeah i i don't I don't do it as often as I should. I'm really inspired by a lot of there's artists and records that I would definitely like classify as ambient that I'm like, well, that's like one of my favorite records of all time. But like, I, I always tend to, I always tend to go to Aphex's like really just beat heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I care because you do. That's the one for me. It's in like, it was like 95. Um, that's a really fucking good one. Dude, he's one of those artists that he'll always be the latest sounding thing yep he's always sounding ahead of his time it's crazy. yeah like i would say call him one of those like he's current now like, totally he's, he's not an 80s artist no when he like started or no. whatever yeah he's like just current like it's kind of like radiohead it's kind of just like current another huge inspiration or, like yeah. tools just kind of like current yeah i mean they have their 90s sound but it's now it's completely like, different yeah it's really cool to think about it that way and it just like is continuously like I mean, he's bringing in like troves of people whenever he plays a show. It's just like there's a, twin. yeah, there's just never been a drop off for him, you know. 
That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. I don't know. Go Richard. I don't know if I've seen him in person much. I mean, I've seen pictures of him. Yeah. But I, I don't think I'll ever. I, I, that's one of those. He's people. always elusive behind oh, the music. Yeah. 100%. Like, it's always this music. And yeah. And it's the, the figure. Yeah. And he uses the face, like the, like, you know, evil smile thing. And it's like, honestly, even if you saw him, I would not even be. Even if I saw a dude and I was like, I'm 90% sure that that's him, there would still be a very, very strong 10% that's like, that's. Just a plant, like yeah. it could just be fucking anyone. It could just be anyone. You know? yeah. Exactly. He has this elusiveness, which I love. I love. I love He's a good mystic. You know. Yeah. 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 It's like Andrew WK, kind of. Like yeah. he, he kind of has that whole thing of like, who the fuck is making this music? It can't just be this guy. <laughs> right. That was like the initial like draw to Gorillas when I first saw them. Dude, so who is that? Yeah. Like, First CD I ever bought was a Gorilla CD. Dude, I love that shit. Yeah, I, I was love like, that shit. I was always like, I want to see them live because they'll just set up TV. Yeah, yeah. You just get to watch cartoons. Yeah, for an hour and a half. Like, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, and then they have that show. The the it's like Demon Days live at the like London Opera House, and it's the whole thing is like a giant screen that has all the projection or you know has all the animations and like the videos and stuff. But then like behind the screen, it's like a sixteen piece band. Oh, uh, doing all of it, and it's and then uh, Damon is that the the uh, Damon Abram or something from like the uh, he's like the main Bleacher? guy. No, or uh, Blur. Blur. Yeah, Blur. yeah, yeah. Who apparently is like I've heard he's just like Bonko. Really? <laughs> yeah, but so I've heard. Yeah, but I can I, imagine. Yeah, <laughs> if you were like, we're gonna make all these band figures cartoons. Totally, totally. And I'm gonna be the personality for. her. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. I can't even imagine. I like, could never do that. I bet like, he's very much has a vision in his head, and he's like... He's very he's committed the, to that vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Has been for, what, like 25 years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, mesmerized and true. Well. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So why would you say you're drawn to art and music? To, to art and music? To art and music. Oh, to so. art and music. Um, hmm. I think... That's a really good question. I think it is perhaps the m- most unifying thing that we have as a human race. And that sounds really goofy, maybe, but I think it's. I've never seen something bring people together the way it does. I have also never. I've, I've never gotten so close to feeling like sort of like a euphoric bliss or like a god feeling from anything besides music like that's the closest thing that it's like you know just like the ultimate it's the mecca you know if you will yeah it's like it's like such a beautiful thing man it's like there's so many reasons also like shit's just cool like if if you you know like when you see like a cool band when you or you see a band that you're just like this is checking all the boxes for me give me a better feeling than that you know what i mean i mean especially if you like are it's like happenstance and like you're not you're not Expecting. seeking it out. Yeah, it's like an opener or something. And like, they just blow your fucking mind. That's what it's all about, baby. I love that See, shit. Yeah, like the feeling. Or, yeah, oh man. Oh my God, I'm like inspired. Straight up. Yeah, I love that shit. It's like the, nothing Nothing does that the no. way music and art does, you know? Not even food. Not even food. Not even the best meal you've ever had has made you feel as good as hearing the best song you've ever heard, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you were alive, man. It's like, like it's really cool. It's re- and, and like I think that I, you know it's such a it's such a uh, overused sort of trope. I think, but like 
really post pandemic too it's like really been highlighted for me of just like going back to like those first shows you know and just being it's not even like being around the people that does it it's the, it is the being in the room with the people that are creating the sounds right. you know it's it's great man yeah we are so lucky to live here and have so many different stages so many different Straight parts up. so many different genres so many different i mean there's a group or people doing so many different genres yeah, here. Yeah, there's something for everybody, really. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do you how do you develop your artistic skills? Do you practice like every day or do you have routines? So I, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I am shit about practicing, truly. Uh, independently, I mean. Um, like in groups, group settings, like with bands and everything, it's like, you know, I'm able to like make, you know, do that as a group and everything. But practicing independently is something that, like, I really, I really struggle with sometimes. I think I, I have a lot of um, like imposter syndrome, and so I'll just kind of think like, I'm never gonna get to X point, so why even start? You know what I mean? So it's really something that I have to like break myself out of a lot um, to do with my electronic music and noise music and everything. I actually try to not really like it's like it's such a formless thing that i really just let kind of like speak for itself and do its own thing it's like it's hard to practice that honestly the biggest thing to practice with that is just setting everything up i'm like how fast can i make my entire table like filled with all my stuff and how fast can i take it down just to like keep sound guys off my ass you know um but i yeah i think i when i do it i am kind of routine with it i like try to just like really Kind of like what you were talking about with your room. It's like you want to like make the feng shui right. You want to have like a space that is just dedicated to that, which can be really hard if you're not, if you if you just are lacking in like the physical space. You know, right. like you only have so many rooms. Um, but I think I do go through just like intense periods of like I'll I like really like hyper fixate on practicing guitar, playing Neil Young songs or, you know, X Y Z. Nice. So you like listen to a record and play along with it? Um, y- you know, I've, I've actually never really done that. I, I will, I will listen to full records and then I'll be like, I really like this song, this song, this song. And then I'll just go and like, look up like the tabs for it or whatever. And like, just learn how to play that. And then usually just like, like really try to like get re- just really good at that song basically. And then I'm just like, all right, done with this one. Just move on to the next one. You know? Nice. Yeah. No young. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. yeah. What has drawn you like to his guitar work or why do you like to learn those songs so much? So I have really, I've always loved Neil Young, but last year I really took like a deep dive into his discography. And I think the records that he was putting out in the, um, like what I would consider like his golden era of like 70 to like 70, 79, basically the all the seventies his lyrics and the things that he was talking about um, really, really resonated with me last summer. Um, I, I'm not really sure why it just like hit really hard. And I was like, dude, this is like maybe the greatest music I've ever heard in my entire life. And I still feel that way. Like I'm like, it's like so fucking good. Um, I just, I like his playing kind of for the same reason that I like Kurtz so much because it's like this, when he's on he is so fucking on dude like it's like and it but it's like sloppy but you you know it's like fucking amazing you know it's like 
even if like he can't cut like the the hottest solo of all time you know it's like when he does do one you're like that's fucking neil young it's like you know who you're listening to you know but i just really like his uh he just kind of has that like attitude of just like you know, i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want like i'm gonna make like my records sound like huge rock records but they're also like down home like country records it's huge yeah it's harvest harvest is fucking amazing man and i used to drill the shit out of that yeah record, especially in the fall totally but and that's funny i like i i really was into it in like like august through like october and just, uh, yeah i love that shit yeah, yeah, yeah. out on the weekend dude uh, oh yeah crazy track <laughs> awesome so of all time who are your favorite artists musicians mm. people Okay, you know what? I actually, I'm not even going to lie. I was preparing for this question, so I actually wrote it down <laughs> in my notes, and I'm probably going to completely deviate from it. But I would say, already said Nirvana. So yeah, Nirvana, um, Neil Young, um, The Grateful Dead, but like, you know, only certain Grateful Dead. <laughs> like, there's a there's a there's a cutoff point for sure um but basically like you know 60s through 79 grateful dead and then um probably john coltrane nice sick yeah elvin jones is crazy elvin jones is my favorite drummer man yeah. that dude is a fucking monster crazy like I love John Coltrane because it's like we're gonna play jazz, but you're gonna play it loud and yeah. fast and like he basically made it noise music, which yeah. is why I'm like it is. It's like if you, it's like it's crazy, man. It's, it's so fast. And there's a and there's a point where where and I I am I'm like so inspired by these by strong willed musicians like Neil Young, you know, or like John Coltrane, where it's just like I know what I want to do. And I'm gonna do it, and, and fuck you. And Elvin Jones. And Elvin, yeah. Everyone was like, "I don't like his style. It's not good jazz." He's like, "All right, it's like fuck. You. I'm yeah, gonna do you. what I want to do." Yeah, dude, it's you know. so sick. It's like the most like honorable shit to me. I yeah. mean, it's like stick you know, to your guns. Absolutely, yeah, I love it. And so it's funny, yeah. Like John Coltrane, it's like his early shit is so beautiful, and like Love Supreme, you know, is like that was kind of like the sort of bridging the gap between the like really nice sort of like ballads and whatnot. And then going into just like this sort of like ascension and ohm era where it's just like mass chaos, but like not, it's not like he knew he, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. he's just like, I've never listened to the records before where I've just been like, dude, this guy is really all, I mean the whole ensemble, it's like even past Elvin Jones time and like McCoy Tyner and all, and all those people. It's like, this dude is like letting the music speak for itself in a way that I've never never heard i mean maybe grateful dead like jerry kind of i feel like similar things but like yeah man so it's so cool it's so cool yeah, yeah. so awesome so neil young nirvana john coltrane grateful dead yeah man i think that's pretty that's pretty fucking i mean there's also there's so much man there's so much like heavy stuff too like like death metal and like hardcore that i'm also like really into um they're uh, i would say um the band blacklisted from philly they're like a hardcore band that was around in like the mm, early 2000s and they kind of stopped being an active band probably about like mm, five or something years ago but they just like they had this one record that just 
I always go back to it. It's just like so short. It's called Heavier Than Heaven, Lonelier Than God. Uh, and it's just like, man, it's such, it's such a good record. Um, but yeah, I could go on and on, honestly. My favorite artists change all the time, I think. I understand. <laughs> you get it. I get it. So you play in like four bands right now, right? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, so we got... We got artists. Three, three bands? Or, you know, four bands. Four. Yeah, four. So there's a one brand spanking new. So we got Argus, and that's just me. Um, and then there's um, Blackened, which is kind of like metallic hardcore um, with some good buddies of mine that I've known for a long time. Then um, I play in Snooper as well. That's a relatively new one. Um, that was about six months ago that I joined. Um, and then new thing um which is a duo with my buddy cole um called nineveh um and it's like just kind of more no it's kind of like argus but it's just like more noise and improv and experimental stuff tape loops things like that nice how did you like become a part of each one of those so <clears throat> argus was that one's probably the easiest one to answer i was just like fuck it i'm gonna do this <laughs> so there's that blackened um started with the vocalist dan um shouts out dan he hit me up in like 20 i guess it was 2019 because it was about a year before the pandemic started and he just said that he was kind of had some riffs and had some songs that he wanted to play and like you know give give life to and he asked me if i would be interested in playing guitar and i was like hell yeah so we just kind of met up and then we recruited um our friend mitchell um who's an amazing drummer one of my favorites um he joined us and then it was our buddy jack and just you know like one thing led to another um and then we got our friend nolan um who plays in this band called uh kublacon um from texas and we just wrote those songs and um yeah we still it's it's kind of like the most laid-back band ever like we just only do what works for all of us you know we don't ever try to like make we don't ever try to make a square peg fit in a round hole you know like yeah. you get a show offer or something and it's just not the right time it's just not the right time you know right and we um we've been slowly working on new stuff um Nineveh basically became a thing because of my previous collaborations with my friend Cole Green, um, he's got a project called um, Lazar House, and we have made a record. We made a record together at the end of 2020, um, and we just build it under Argus and Lazar House. And then we, I mean, we just again. That's the guy who I was like. He's like my creative life partner. It's like he just like gets me, and I feel like I get him, and like what we want to accomplish with our solo things, and so. It just made so much sense to like have a combined force project as well um so we were like yeah let's just basically combine our two solo things but give it like a new name to just make it easier to kind of distinguish you know um so there's that one and then snooper i have known all of them for like 10 years basically like me and um it's funny like it's like me and then Connor Cummins is the other guitar player. And we played in bands like on the same bills for, for years and years and years. But we never really like, we, ne we were always just like acquaintances. We never really like, you know, hung out or anything like that. And then we, I was just at one of their shows uh, last May and 
after their set, they were just like, Hey, would you want to like play guitar with us later this year? And I was like, fuck yeah. And I thought that it was just going to be like a fill in thing. Like I thought they just needed me for like one tour, um, or one couple shows or something like that. And then it just stuck. And here we are now we're, we're doing the thing. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> and y'all got to play overseas. Yeah. We just did a UK run in, um, in November first, first week and a half of November. How was that? It's fucking crazy. It was crazy. Like it, honestly, the, the being in, in a different country, that was my first time out of the country. So I was just blown back by that. Um, in the best way. Um, everybody's very direct over there in the UK. Um, also just like the shows and the show culture there is like, it's so like vibrant. We were not, we were not expecting like the, the energy that we got, but it was, it was really sick. It was really sick. And just like seeing like, you know, like the cool Beatles stuff in London and like seeing just like random, uh, like, you know, the big, the big, uh, big Ben, big the ben. clock and all that. Yeah. It was like really cool. And like driving around like in Scotland and seeing like the, um, in, uh, like just the Hills and like the Cotswolds and all that stuff. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, the shows were the shows were really great. We I don't think we were expecting how many of them or really any of them to sell out and then like all but two did. So it was like oh wait. Sick. Not mad at that. All right. <laughs> when you say they're very direct over there, what do you mean? So what I mean by that is the best way I know how to say it is like you're either gonna get like the nicest dude you've ever talked to or really just a guy who's like not fucking around at all and is like no bullshit. I'm just gonna tell you how it is and it's like I, I I got into like this weird like passive aggressive like sort of match with this owner of a fish shop because he didn't believe that I had purchased food from him and it was like a restroom for customers only type thing. So I ordered, went outside, came back in three minutes later to go to the bathroom, and he was giving me all this shit, giving me a hard time, like oh well, you know. I, I've never seen you before in my life. I'm like, dude, I ju you just, I just ordered my food with you, you know? And eventually he was just like, yeah, fuck it. And I went to the bathroom and then, then I got my food and we sat down at this table outside, but we got our food to go. And whenever he walked by the window, it was like really fucking crowded in the storefront. But like, I'm, you know, I'm, I can, I have a point to prove I can be an asshole. And I was just kind of like, made sure he saw me and like waved to him. Like, Hey man, look, I got food and I went to your bathroom. So, you know, we're, I'm a customer and he, he like plowed through the entire storefront, like in through this group of people. And he just like pops out and he's like, Hey man, you got your food to go. You can't sit down. And I was like, all right, touche. You win. Okay. Uh, but I did, but I did get to go to the bathroom. Though. So, you know, it's just, it's just like weird, that kind of stuff of like, I would not expect somebody to just like plow through the entire packed storefront just to be like, no, right. You cannot sit at my table, you know, wow. so, whatever. What you and doing? you're a patron. Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, I just put like eighteen dollars, sorry, eighteen pounds on on your stuff or euros or whatever the fuck it was. Do you have any like advice for someone who's going to be touring Europe? <clears throat> um, get a TM, get a T, rent like shell if you can. A TM, uh, yeah, tour manager. Oh yeah. If you, if you can get a TM um, in anywhere overseas, if you've never been there before, that is like absolutely. It was a game changer because they will, if you get one that has like a van and they're willing to drive you, you know, it's like, you're going to get to your shows on time, barring any unforeseen circumstances. 
they know the roads, you know, they know the shortcuts, they know the cool spots to just stop off and be like, hey, here's a fucking, literally a camel in the middle of Scotland, which was really sick. Would not expect that. The last thing I was expecting to see was a fucking camel. Yeah. But there it was. Um, so yeah, getting a TM, I think, is like crucial. Nice. Yeah, tour manager. Were you all able to get one? We did, yeah. We had this guy, Brian. Shouts out, Brian. Um, and yeah, he like, we used some of his gear. He helped us load. Um, he, he sold merch for us. It was just, he really did a lot of the like things that it's like you don't realize how much time you're having to spend doing these things. And it's like as fun as like selling merches and all this stuff. It's like when you're in a new place, you it's know, overwhelming. it's completely overwhelming. Yeah. And like you, you get over there and you're like, shit, I don't even have time to like eat three meals, much less do these little sort of housekeeping things. So it was re it's really nice to just have like the extra hands, you know? It's very good. I'll keep that in mind. So what inspires your creativity? Wow. I love this question. I love this question. Um, I'm a huge movie guy. Um, there's the obvious answer of like just listening to other artists and seeing what works for them and almost like finding out what their creative process is and seeing if I can learn anything from that. But I do get a lot of inspiration from like the media that I watch um, for sure. And books too. Books. Um, love like Henry Miller and um, Cormac McCarthy. Um, J.D. Salinger is another one. The Glass Family, you know, that he wrote created in his um in all of his novels and everything crazy um but yeah like the the movies and stuff i would say one of the really big inspirations for me when i started doing um like noise and electronic music was watching just like really they're like mock snuff films you know like like movies where it's like oh man like these people are getting like fucking killed on camera like that's that's pretty messed up you can't you can't show that on tv you know um, and then I kind of grew out of that, but I still feel like that this, like this sort of like art style of just making things that are like so real or appear to be so real, um, that just make you like, you have to confront it. It's like, right. I mean, it's like right there, you know, and it's not like a movie. It's not like a box office movie, you know what I mean? Like, but I, to where they, they're, they're going to shy away and things like that. But I, um. So th that was kind of starting out, but I'm like a really big, um, I love like the Coen Brothers movies. Um, I love, um, wow, this is crazy. I'm usually able to talk about movies for like five hours without stopping. And now I'm like, hmm. Dude, Cormac McCarthy. I remember reading The Road in high school. Yeah. It's a great the one. last day I read it, I cried so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you read um, Blood Meridian? No, but that is extremely intense it's, my brother's reading it and he's in the marine he's, he's in the process of reading it right now yeah whoa was, last time i talked to him he was reading Dude, it he's like it's fucked yeah it's it's like it's easy it became it's, my favorite book it's really hard like he says it's really intense like yeah the, brutal the, violence yeah and it's and it's crazy because the way that it that it depicts this violence is it does it in this very, in such a neutral way because where it's like just it's like nature 
Yeah, yeah. It's like just like a primitive thing, even though it's so like if, if you read, grotesque. yeah, it's so grotesque, and it's also like the the context for which it's happening. It's like two groups of people that are in a. I mean, it's like a political power struggle thing, but it also is just like uh, the the main group that like the main character is in. It's like they are doing it just because they fucking love it, and like they just want to be despicable, basically. And it's like, but but it's never it's never written like that. It's not, and it's never written just like in the same way where it's not ever written for the people like, that they are doing it against. It's like it's like there's no clear line of good and bad. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you are making that. You are making that like moral compass and and establishing it as you read. And it's like, I mean, and it's pretty fucking easy to like read it. I think. I mean, I guess for some people. It's like, I think I feel like it's easy to read it and be like, okay, that's bad. No, they should not be doing that. And then it's like, these guys, I kind of get it because they're fighting for their fucking lives, you know? Um, I think it's just really cool when it, it's just written in such like an unorthodox way. I mean, you read The Road, so you know how like descriptive he is. I mean, he can just go on and on about yeah. like fucking patch of land and how it looks. And it's like, damn, it's been three pages of you talking about this one patch of land, but you're really... You're selling it for me. I can see it. You know? Dude, yeah, when he's talking about the guy taking a piss, it's <laughs> like I'm about to blow his head off yeah. or like not let him get my son. Yeah. And like the whole page, that's such a gripping. Oh, yeah. I mean, even in the movie, it was really gripping. Totally. In the book, I'm just like, oh my You're God. You're like glued to the page, man. It's crazy. Yeah, he's like a wordsmith. That was one of the biggest. Uh, it sucks that he died last year. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think in like June. Of I haven't last year. read all the pretty horses yet. I've started it. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I really am into that, like sort of like dystopian, like yeah. It's like it's like dystopian dis western, dismal, like yeah, yeah. And just like you live in a town where the population is like seven hundred, but there's you know you live it's like thirty miles to the nearest person. You know, it's just. Wasteland, you know? yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, his I love his books. I've read also like the what is it, Nine Stories by J.D. Salinger, dude. That <laughs> the banana boat one, dog. Yes, this is perfect. That that was that was a very that's my other favorite book. Interesting, yeah, yeah, like yeah, arc for a story. You're yeah, like, maybe it'll involve. Nope, the complete <laughs> opposite. Also, the last one um, about the I can't remember what his name is, but it's like the kid. They're on the cruise ship, and he's got these like supernatural powers, but it never explicitly says that. But he's like he's like a seer. It's like he knows shit that's gonna happen and everything. It's like fucking crazy but yeah nine stories is like another actually huge inspiration for me i like my the last record that i put out under argus um that was just me was initially going to be a concept record about that book and each song was going to be one of the nine stories and are you gonna name one of them banana boat or whatever i was gonna name it I, dude I'm gonna, or banana fish banana fish yeah i think i was gonna name it I think my my idea for for every song title was a random line of text from each of the stories. So I probably like was reading oh, it and was yeah. like, "Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds like it'll be a cool song." And I I just didn't. It ended up evolving into something else. But it's always I I think about those stories. Well, you, you obviously catch in the rye. You know what? I have not read that. Oh yeah. I had, that's the only thing of his that I've never read. I wasn't in the the English class in school that um made people read that that read that one yeah but i love all of his um novellas like franny and zoe and um race high the roof beam carpenters 
um, see more in introduction, and there's one more. But uh, yeah, nice. yes, so a lot, of, a lot of that inspires your artwork. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's like I, I don't really. I think it's more so just the intricacy and the feelings. The exactly. Yeah, it makes me feel like really homey reading those, and and it's also the 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 amount of intric intricacy that he was able to create this like entire fictional family and allegedly like multiple characters in the family were like self you know like like representations of him but also some of the family members were like his wife and like the people that he grew up around and he just like like jd Sawyer just like completely have you have you read about like how he just like isolated himself completely in his last years like he lived in like a gated house but he would let like neighborhood um youth come over and like teach them how to write and how to read and everything oh, no. yeah he was like really like he was like a man of the people you know like he really did a lot of like noble shit but he hated like publicity and like would not do interviews and like just had a, there's probably so many stories that were never will probably never come out because he just like probably like personal journals mm -hmm. and stuff yeah yeah Wow, one of those dudes where it's like I, I, I need when I read nine stories, I like needed to. I was like, I gotta know everything about this guy. I have to just like. But then you look, and it's like there's really not that much because he only wrote like one big book, and then everything else was just like short stories and. Yeah, really there private. needs to be a biography. I need it. I need it yeah. so bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like we both do. Yeah, because you also like nine stories. Yeah, I have it on my shelf in there. It's one of the greatest books ever, man. Yeah. I need to reread it. I haven't read any fiction in a little bit. The last fiction book I was reading was a Star Wars book, Shadows oh, nice. of the Empire. Nice. Like the, like the video game. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's the book. What's the last book that you read? Was that was that the last one? That was fiction? or no, the, of, any, of any type. The last book that I read um, was, what was it called? Uh, this book I'm reading right now is called Thinker Toys. But the last book that I read... It's on. Oh, is it a it was a podcasting book. Nice, <laughs> nice. I'm I'm really into like business and self help. And yeah, totally. Like autobiographies and biographies sure. and yeah, I really like biographies too. And uh, personal development, mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. That's it. So that was that what that one was. Mm -hmm. This one that I'm reading is called Thinker Toys. Is like creative problem solving. Ooh, can never have enough of that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as, as creatives and uh, people that have problems, you know, exactly. How to figure out how the do problems I, yeah, creatively? <laughs> so yeah, but those are. What are you reading right now? Um, so currently, I am reading a. Um, it is like a. It's a biography uh, about the Pixies. Um, it's like written. It, it's like one of those books where it's like comprised of like interviews and like sound bites from them from the band themselves and then people within the camp of the pixies and like producers and things like that so it's kind of like it kind of gets a little i like it but it's it gets a little repetitive like sometimes it'll be like two pages and it'll just be like six different people saying their version of the same thing that happened and it's like i, I kind of like that but it's cool uh and then the last but the last complete book that i read and like finished and everything was um uh, if you're, are you familiar with that band Oxbow? No. From Los Angeles or from California, they are this crazy like noise. They're like noise rock, um, and the vocalist Eugene Robinson. 
he is just like one of my favorite creatives. Um, he he's a, a huge he's a, he's a writer, um, and he has also like been a professional bodybuilder. I think he I think he did porn for a little bit too. Um, but he's he used to be in this hardcore band called Whipping Boy, and they toured with like Circle Jerks, and I think they did some shows with like Minor Threat. They grew up in that whole like you know West Coast scene. Um, but he wrote a book at the end of last year that is basically. I personally thought it was going to span here was what I was born and here's what I do now. But it was real. like, he doesn't go into like his time in Oxbow, which is what he's, that's been a thing since the late eighties up until the present. He doesn't really go into that at all. It was literally just him talking about like growing up in New York and getting really into like bodybuilding, but then also getting really into like acid um, and hanging out with like Henry Rollins and, being in a punk band and shit. And I, I loved it. It was so, it was the, like probably the fastest I've ever read a book. It was incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. Eugene what? Robinson. Eugene Robinson. Yeah. The last biography that I'm still reading, I haven't finished it, is uh, The Gospels According to Al Jordanson of Ministry. Oh, that's sick. I have heard of that Lead one. Singer. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Just I'll tell a quick, really quick Go story. Go for it. So back in the late '80s, early '90s, uh, Trent Reznor would be a roadie for um, Revolting Cox, mm -hmm. which is one of uh, Al Jorgensen's band, mm -hmm. lead singer of Ministry. And anyways, they're in the studio. Al Jorgensen, um, uh, the drummer for the band. Um, uh, one of the producers and Trent Reznor and Al's like, okay, here are the rules. If anyone falls asleep, you're getting your head and your eyebrows shaved. And, and then, so he goes to the bathroom, does all his coke, mm -hmm. then comes back and roofies Trent and roofies the drummer. And then, <laughs> and then they go to sleep and he, he does that to the, to the drummer. And then he does it halfway to like to Trent and Trent wakes up. and's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And he like shaved off half his eyebrow and like half his hair. And he like goes to the mirror and was like, Oh my God, what did you do? Yeah. And I was like, you fell asleep. Those were the rules. And I, I and, can't say he didn't warn you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then two months later, Trent Reznor's face is on the front cover of a magazine. It's like, half Trent eyebrow. says, sets new hair trend. <laughs> and Al Jordanson's like, ha, I did that to him. <laughs> So it's, it's really a lot good. of crazy stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, I love that shit. Just, I read um, Primus has a really good one too. If you're in the Primus. Primus, I've seen Primus a couple times. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, that's sick though. I need to um, the Gospels according to Al okay. Jordan. So. All right, that's easy to remember. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, one quick other uh, little anecdote is in high school he was just insane. Uh -huh. He would shoot cocaine before going to baseball practice and then he would be the best player on of the course. team naturally <laughs> isn't that insane yeah, like, that's that was, like so hardcore oh like, yeah at, at that early of an age totally yeah and like none of the none of the jocks wanted to be his friend because he was druggy and none of yeah. the normal people wanted to be his friend he just carved he out this perfect niche yeah himself. so yeah. he was like <laughs> I'll be the best player on the team yeah. but also the most hated yeah and, like, and nobody's gonna want to talk to me it's gonna be sick yeah it's insane. So how would you best describe the type of artist you are? Hmm. Wow. 
These are great questions, Jordan. Uh, man, I love when they make me think. Um, damn. I, I like to think of myself as... Hmm. I like to think of myself... I, I don't really know a word for it, but I, I like to think of myself as someone who tries not to box himself in too much. Like, I'm trying to always add new elements to what I'm doing um, while also maintaining a sort of constant string that is like, it, like, you know, it has your own like little flavor in it. You know, I'm thinking about like Argus mainly. I always try to like keep that consistent while also changing up like what I am doing on a particular release. I usually try to like, like say, oh, I'm not gonna allow myself to use like these pieces of gear and just limit myself to these. And it's like inevitably it's going to be different, but it's gonna be it's gonna have the like the like little, you know, me in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I try I try to like be like experimental while also maintaining like my own like character and my own sort of like sound. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't wanna Put parameters to yeah, fucking too much. The parameters, yeah, man. Fuck I the parameters. Them. It's so, and that, that's you know, that's one of the things that like the older I get, the more I'm like, damn, dude, like it's okay if I'm not, you know, like you're not making fucking like radio hits or like verse chorus verse shit or like a rock song or a you know country song, whatever. It's like you just fucking, I just like to let it come out, you know, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best way to be. It's the most fulfilling. Yeah, and mm -hmm. in five years, you're going to be like, what was I thinking then? I like what I'm doing now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, exactly. You just keep it it's, it's just a constant, yeah. the wheel keeps on turning, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, thank God they didn't hear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, and you know, it's like my, my, honestly, my fiance has been really instrumental in that. Like, shouts out, Brenna. I love you so much. She has been like one of the biggest inspirations in terms of just like because we, we both i I'm, i feel like i'm getting off the question a little bit but um we both love frank ocean and like frank ocean like that dude makes music for no one but frank ocean and it's so sick he, he like you know it's like he never plays live he always is teasing people and always being like i'm gonna drop some shit and then he doesn't and it's probably because he's just like the rest of us he's sitting at his house and he's like no this fucking sucks i want to do that I'm, no fuck it scratch it let's start over you know and it's like but when he when he probably dropped, even more so. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Because it's like you're in a fucking you're under a microscope. I mean, he's like one of the biggest artists ever. You know, it's like it's crazy. But but she she got really into like the sort of lore and how he creates his stuff and how he basically had to like retract himself from the spotlight and just do it in this way where it's like you can just create things and it never has to see the light of day. But it doesn't make you less of an artist. Exactly. You know, it doesn't make you more successful less success i mean it's just like you were just doing for self and that's like so important as long as you feel fulfilled and nobody's getting hurt that's go for it you know yeah dude like i was talking to this guy the other day and he's like yeah my friend he's like a basement drummer mm -hmm. he plays like 18 hours a day yeah and like he probably fucking loves it rip and like i was like comparing him to all these people he's like dude he would tear them apart yeah like He's every day, like he doesn't play shows. Yeah. He doesn't go out. Well, yeah, yeah. That's all he does. Yeah, it's just like a secret weapon. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's seriously. Yeah, seriously. He's like, he's like, I've lost girlfriends. I've lost relationships. I've lost friends. Like, 
Yeah. And I'm like, man, dude, the commitment. Well, and that's, and yeah, man, it's like going back to like what we were talking about earlier with like the favorite artist thing. It's like, dude, you've got to respect the commitment and the yeah. like just straight, like it's like raw passion and love. And it's like, how can you, how can you fucking knock that? You know? I mean, it's like, is he, if he's happy and he's like able to like carve this place out in, in this life that is so fucking chaotic, you know? And just like, it's awesome. It's really like honorable. And, Beautiful. Yeah, totally. Ooh, shining star. Exactly. Exactly. And the world will never know his name. You know? Never know his name. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So what would you say your strengths and weaknesses as an artist? Are? Wow. Mm. My, my, my biggest weakness is definitely myself. Um, I will, I will have days where I have fully convinced myself, you're not an, a musician. You're not a fucking artist. You're taking the easy way out when you, when you do certain things or you're not dedicated enough <clears throat> to the craft to, to consider yourself, you know, an artist. Um, and so honestly, that is my biggest weakness is, is the intrusive self thoughts, you know? Being overly critical of Being overly critical of myself, yeah. And I do think that one of my strengths is that when on the occasions when I'm able to conquer that, I can just like I will get in my zone and I'm just like on top of the world. It just like completely turns my like my um mood around, you know? Um and then when I'm in those modes, I feel like I collaborate really well. I like really just like thrive off of um, that of that sharing that energy with people, you know. Um, and same for like live performances. Snooper is honestly like a really good example of that. Like I I feel really really locked in with the other four members of Snooper. Um, playing live with them, it's, it has like completely revitalized my my viewpoint of like just art in general. I, I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't explain it, but I just love the connection with other people and just the, the release of that. So yeah, weakness, myself, strength, conquering myself. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I win. I understand. <laughs> then other times I win. So you've, you've always lived in Nashville, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess you've decided to stay here. I mean, for the time being, yeah, yeah, until I simply can't afford it anymore, which just seems like the most uh, possible outcome at this point. What part of town do you live in? I live in Donaldson right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, love it. We got really lucky, and we just have, like, a little cottage house over there. Um, yeah. Nice. This is going to be kind of hard for you to answer since you haven't lived anywhere else, but what would you say is something you've learned living here? Hmm. It's a tough one because I've never spent like an extended amount of time yeah. elsewhere. Um, man. Yeah, I don't really know how you would answer that. I I'm guess. not sure. I'm not sure. I, I think, I think, no, you know what? I can answer. I've learned everything from living here because I've only lived here. So everything I know about making it in a big, big city or whatever, I guess I learned from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can't can't say that about anywhere else. Right. <laughs> do you um have any favorite do you have a favorite venue? Right? In Nashville? Yeah. Um I all I always say the end. I fucking love the end. That place is so sick. Bruce, the the whole crew there, I love it. It's 
so perfectly divey, you know, one of those places where you're like scared to open the bathroom door because you never know what you're going to get. The sound in there is like usually consistently great. I have seen the best shows that I've ever been to at that venue. Like the energy when that room is packed and it's full of 500 people that fucking love what they're seeing. Again, not you can't you can't top that, man. It's great. Yeah, I have yet to be in in show where it's that packed. Oh yeah, if I've you, been there it's when amazing. it's packed, but uh-huh. not like wall to wall. Five hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like magical, man. I just I love and I love the balcony setup too. I'm jumping Dude, off yeah, the balcony. Yeah, yeah. I love how you. It's they great. have like a little separation area, yeah. so if you want to chill more, you can go over there. Yeah, and it's great because you're right up on the action. I mean, it's right there. You can touch the people, but it's like if you want to just recluse yourself a little bit you can just i mean you know it's great it sounds sounds good wherever you're standing yeah it's great yeah i love the end do you have a favorite restaurant or food here Ooh, dude ah, for a really really long time it was mitchell deli oh yeah and i still fucking love mitchell deli but honestly i think and I'm I'm a late I'm a total late bloomer when it comes to discovering this place, but Lucky Bamboo. Oh, oh my God! I haven't been there, dude. So word on the street is they're closing oh, no. in April because their lease is ending. So you gotta go. You've got to go. What kind of food is it? It's like authentic Chinese food. Oh, okay. And the the space is beautiful. Um, <clears throat> they're all so nice in there. Um, but yeah, that place rocks. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, can't recommend it enough. Lucky Bamboo. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So what is some advice you would give to someone who's going to move here and do art and music? Mm. My advice, you know, it's funny. I feel like advice always comes out cliche, whatever you want to call it, you know, but I, I will say, I think it's really important that if you move here and you're just like starting from scratch and you don't have any connects here, it's like just network as much as possible and like sell yourself as much as possible. Because it can be obviously incredibly overwhelming to move to quote unquote music city and just be like, dude, they're trying, trying to like make um, yourself known. Obviously it's like so difficult and I haven't exactly done that, but I, what I'm, I think what I mean is like, it can be really discouraging to be in a new place and not have other people that you feel like are on that wavelength. But like, it's like we were talking about earlier. It's like, there's something for everybody around here. And so I think it's really important to like commit to that and just stick to your guns and stick to what you want to do and like the rest will follow suit also be nice that's the other thing too be fucking nice be friendly be friendly it will take you so far it i love not not sure about anybody else but i fucking love talking to nice people being nice is it's i think it's really important this is definitely a nicer city I think people are very friendly here. I think so too. I think so too. And I think that we should keep that going. Like, I don't think people have this like chip on their shoulder as much. No, no, not at all. I think we should keep that going. Definitely. (laughs) Okay, cool. Reflecting back on when you first started as an artist, what is uh, one of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome and how did you get through it? Mm. Starting as an artist. So like when I first started playing music, mm-hmm. um, I think for me as somebody who did not, had, who had a hard time getting into sports because of the fact that like you weren't, like I personally, like, you know, when you first start playing soccer or whatever, you're not going to be like, great. 
most people are unless you're like a prodigy you know um and so with anything i think it's like just getting over that it's almost like ego death like when you start you know and you have to just be like i'm i have to practice this i have to put in a lot of work to get to where i want to get to with you know fill in the blank so i think that was a big thing for me because i was never involved in like a group thing or like a an extracurricular activity that required that you know we're gonna have soccer practice every tuesday and thursday at 4 p.m and all of this so kind of getting into that routine of like being like all right i, I gotta carve out this amount of time to do this and i'm not gonna get discouraged when i'm it's not going my way because i just fucking started you know yeah yeah nice even fucking you know Fuck, Neil Young had to start somewhere. Kirk Cobain had to start somewhere. Right. You know. And he probably Neil Young probably had so many people be like, You're ugly and you sound like shit. Straight up. Little do they know. He sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. And he's kinda hot. Yeah, so, he's you know, hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean showed them. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like became successful. Exactly. So. All right. What is what would you say is your biggest personal growth from last year to this year? Okay. This I'm I'm prepared for this one. I feel like I have two. I think that I am more confident than I was last year. And I think it's directly connected to my second thing, which is I have finally gotten into like a nice little fitness routine. That's always been, I think, I think that's one of the main uh, ongoing themes of, of this podcast tonight has been like, I have a hard time getting into new routines um, and like holding myself accountable in that way. But I have finally like been going to the gym like three or four times a week and I'm not over here fucking benching, you know, 350. I don't want to be, but I'm just, you know, doing enough to like, you know, you're getting your heart rate up, you're breaking a sweat, you're fucking yeah. lifting something, you know, it just, and it's like enough to make you feel better. You know, yeah. it, like I feel, and you, you know that you, I see, I see you, you do the gym, you do the gym stuff. Yeah. Um, silverback in training, as you say. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's like, it does so, so much for like mental health and like just overall like mood. I, that's been my biggest learn within the past probably two months is like, if I'm having a shitty day, if I go to the gym and just throw everything else out the window for like 35 minutes and I get out of there, I'm like, dude, that was so cathartic. It's insane. Definitely. Like, yeah. I feel like it helps me stay calm. Yeah. And I always, like, I never wanted to go because I was always so self-conscious. You did, and, and, like, there's the whole thought about it. It's, like, a lifestyle thing, but it's, like, no, it's just your life. Yeah, it doesn't have to be at all. Yeah, 100%. It's, like, you want to be childlike and be able to sprint around and yeah. frolic. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And in a dedicated space yeah. for that. You yeah. Know? Where, that's great, yeah. Let your primal needs be unleashed. For sure. And what, and the biggest thing I've noticed is, like, the people that you're most, or me personally, and the most worried about being judged by are so in their own world, their fucking, like, gym rat world, or just, like, fucking, you know, I'm, like, you don't even you don't even see me right now. Right. You, you know, I'm nothing to you. It's fine. I, I, I like it this way. Like you know, so it's like being, realizing that and being like, damn, nobody cares. Yeah, no one, nobody everyone's cares. thinking about themselves. One hundred percent. And it's it's amazing. You know, yeah. Planet Fitness helps too. You know, judgment free zone. You know, right. It's great. <laughs> right. Dude, yeah. Planet Fitness, the convenience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So, how can people support you as an artist? Um. So they can. 
honestly, I really just get so giddy when people just share my stuff. So, you know, if you like what you see or hear, you can share it, but you can also go to my band camps, I guess, um, and buy the music and it goes straight into my pocket. But also like, if you don't want to buy it, that's okay too. I just like people to hear what, you know, what I'm doing. So follow you on social media, buy your, like share your music. <laughs> yeah. Buy your... yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the best place to start would be my personal Instagram, just Chaka Connor. Okay, cool. It and has all my links. And if people want to help you financially, how, how can they do that? Yeah. <sighs> Like, that's so hard for me to that's so hard for me to like that's that's something i really struggle with as a as a creative is someone be, just giving you money 100 percent, yeah you even know. even you know you go out and play like a you play like a 30 minute set and then they and then you get paid for it and it's like like what the fuck did i do i'm just just kind of doing my thing but you know yeah i guess like the band, band camp band would be camp. the way to donate or whatever yeah yeah band camp and like you know i i would say that because i want you to get something for yeah for what for your money that you work hard for definitely <laughs> i just know like people that have financial means and they like people's music yeah they're like i don't know how to help them but i, I like their vision yeah when more of it yeah well i'm always trying to like i i just recently started like with the new project that's coming out tomorrow which is nineveh this i finally have like the capabilities to make my own like physical releases so i'm about to really start getting like leaning heavily into like making cassettes and things like that so coming down the pipeline i think i'm gonna put out cassettes for all of the previous like artist records so if anybody follows me on it's still i still yeah i will say like this the instagram is going to be like the the way to go because i'll post about all of that there okay um but yeah like you know digital and tapes and I uh, and shirts too, you know. I was, yeah, I screen print shirts too. So you know, um, that's another avenue of uh, art and creative expression, but also a little side hustle type thing. Definitely, awesome. Okay, how do you consume media? You, media. You said you like to watch movies. Do you have like favorite YouTube videos too, or? Hmm. Um. YouTube. I really. Do you know who Donkey is? Donkey. Donkey. Yeah, he's like a. He's like a technically a streamer, I guess. And he's just like really into like video games. Um, me and my buddy Ethan really fucking love him. He just like has this like funny voice that he does, but it's like really comforting to watch. Um, he's just fucking hilarious. Um, and then I don't really watch like any anything else like on YouTube that much. And then I think. All my other like media intake is pretty just like standard channels like you know netflix hulu hbo i love though i will say the criterion collection oh yeah i do collect criterion collection like blu-rays and dvds so if i have the physical you know movie to watch i always prefer that over streaming it the, the scene selection hell yeah you know you get it yeah. okay cool um is there anything you would like to add that I might not have asked you about? No, it's incredibly comprehensive. You crushed this. Oh, well, there's a reason why you're on episode what 173? 72. 172. Is that no, 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 no. 
72. Oh, 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 okay. I'm You'll well, be episode 73. Right on. Well, you're going to you're gonna get to 172. I know it because this rocks. You're crushing it. Well, thank you. Yeah, you have like really well-informed questions, and you're so easy to talk to. Like, thanks for having me. I really have awesome. really, enjoyed my time. And no, you you, you crushed it. Um, I guess the only other thing is I would say like, um, you know, just like smoke weed, I guess. Like weed rocks. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to like hand this to you during it, but I was like, maybe he doesn't want to hit it because some people go high and then they like. That does happen to me. Then they like don't so this know. This is perfect timing. Okay. Well, here's the last question. What is something absurd you love or do? Something absurd that I love to do? Love or, or do. do. It could be something or and something you do. Oh, wow. Um, absurd. Hmm. The, honestly, I think that I have to say this because it's the thing that, is, that keeps coming to mind is um, it used to be a podcast, but now I would consider it its own like extended universe, but it is called On Cinema at the Cinema. And it is run by Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric and um, Greg from, he, he's a comedian. He has a personality called Neil Hamburger that he does. And it is just the most, I have never enjoyed immersing myself in a, in like a thing as much as I have enjoyed that. Started out as like a podcast where they like review movies, but it's like, they're like, fictionalized versions of themselves basically and they no. just like as the seasons have gone on over the past like 15 years it's gotten so um just insane insane so that that is my recommendation of absurdity is on cinema at cinema i love it and i could if i talk about it and try to explain what it is we would add another two hours um to the podcast so <laughs> you know we'll check it out yeah then. okay awesome well thank you connor for coming thank over you. and doing this of course man thanks for having me Absolutely.